Life is hard. But it could be worse. Life is hard. But it could be worse. Well, life this is, is the Life is the Hard, Life is Hard, Hard Life podcast. <laughs> the Hard Life is we podcast thing. The crazy hard things about life. Well, just crazy stuff of life in general. I mean, my life was hard today. I ventured into the wonderful world of healthcare. Well, in that's all very interesting, Rob. I'm glad you shared that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Next topic. Yeah. <laughs> I actually don't have a lot of topics tonight, so knock yourself out. Take take the lead here. Uh, I wish I could have knocked myself out. Try not to fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah, that healthcare thing is frustrating as heck. Oh, my goodness. It's 2019, not 1919. But why in the hell do I walk into a healthcare place and they hand me a clipboard with 28 pieces of actual paper yeah. and a pen that says, fill out these forms. Right. Yeah. For one thing, why aren't we doing that crap on a computer? That's one. And for two, because if you had a computer, you wouldn't have to put on every one of the 28 pages, what's the patient's name? What's the patient's address? What's the patient's phone number? Blah, 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 blah. You know, every fucking page. But besides that, it occurs to me, not today, I mean, not just today, it was today again, but I've had to stop many times. I don't understand why there is not, uh, like Facebook, for medical. I go on there. Oh, there are. There are portals. Every, the problem is every clinic has their own. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Not portals. I'm talking about, like, you know how they'll find a, a criminal or whatever and they look them up in the, the database. Yeah, yeah, okay. And there's like one database where all the criminals are, right? I don't understand why I can't create an account on the one thing. I type in my name and my date of birth and my medical, you know, yeah, what well, diseases we one, my parents had. We have one had. acronym to tell you why and it's called HIPAA. Okay. HIPAA is very... Hit me with it. HIPAA. HIPAA. It's, it's the... The um, it stands for something like, you know, how how the medical information has to be protected. It, it's an acronym, um, but it, it's it's the laws. Well, it can be encrypted. You're a computer. No, programmer. no, no. It's not that. It's not that it's technically impossible. It's that nobody is allowed to share information with anybody, and so when you go to that clinic, they're un- bound by law to protect your data. And not let it get out to anybody else. So if they put it in some sort of a national database and said, okay, we're going to allow some set of actors to have access to this, they would have to basically vet. They're personally responsible for any information they get from you is essentially how it works. I don't want to say the law is draconian because it protects the privacy of your health information. However, it limits what we can do online. We need some sort of adjustment to the law that says... And oh, by the way, we're going to allow this national database to be created, and this is how we're going to secure it. These are the people that will be allowed access to it. Um, I mean, it would be simple, really, to me, it would be simple if you if you could get collaboration between all the clinics, which, by the way, would be really hard to do because they don't do not agree on anything. I can tell you from personal experience, having actually written programs along these lines to deal with clinics and, and blood tests and things like that, that they can't even agree on the name of a blood test. Like if they're checking your vitamin E, there's five different names for that test. 
If well, you, that's insane. I mean, we could standardize that. But see, all this stuff to me makes the case for a single payer system, Medicare for all, government run healthcare. It even does. though it gets a bad name, it makes it more obvious because the government just set, comes in there and says, "Look, this is the name of this test. Quit arguing about well, it. Yeah, it's that in the and, database. That and, and you're this done. is this is your patient identifier number that you have within the system and whatever." You know, services you are provided are listed in here. Um, and, and it, right. And when I go to the new place, they just look me up in the thing and I don't have to fill out 20 pages of nonsense because it's all right there. Yeah. And like I said, you, there are ways of securing it in such a way that you would literally have to go to a clinic and approve them to have access to your data. And then they would have access to it, like a double key, you know, kind of like a safe deposit box. Sure. Where you go in and they've got one key and you've got the other key. So the only way that safe deposit box can be opened is if both of you go in with your keys. You can do that cryptographically also. So basically, your data could be protected in such a way that not all clinics in the world or in the country would have access to your data. Only the ones that you said, yes, I am working with a doctor at this clinic. I want to give them access to my stuff. Sure, but then when you go in, it's a very simple process. It's like, in order for us to see you, you have to give us your key. Right. And we say, okay, here's the key. Thank you. Okay, have a seat. And then yeah. they download it all and done. And and the even better part of that is it doesn't have to rely on my memory because there's questions on the forum that's like, the last date you saw a doctor. I'm like, I have no freaking right, idea. exactly. And when you, you got know, this shot and what... what exactly. Yeah. How am I supposed to remember all this stuff? That's what you're well, for. I mean, imagine if you were an older person who not only doesn't have as good of a memory as a younger person, but also is taking like seven different medications. And when you go into a doctor, you have to list all the medications you're taking, the doses that you're taking, the frequency yeah. that you're taking them. And I mean, they need to know this stuff because if they give you anything, they need to know if it's going to have an adverse reaction with something that you're taking. And and when they give you a blood test, it helps them to know what things to expect to find in your blood that may not normally be there. So all these things are really important and they're relying on your memory. To, to, Which is insane. Well, that and the and, possibility of transcription errors. You might even record it all in the forum perfectly accurately, but then somebody keys it into a computer and miskeys right, one digit. because you hand wrote it. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, because it wasn't right, exactly. And, 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 and the thing is that mistakes are going to happen, right? But if everything is recorded in one place and the mistakes can be fixed... And if they're recorded initially, like when the doctor prescribes this medication to you, he can just put in there, this is a medication this person's on, and I prescribed them 200 milligrams daily, you know, and put it all in there one time. And then when they go, what medications are you on? You're like, well, it's all in there because when the doctor prescribed it, he wrote it, on, he wrote it down. And you can go to any pharmacy you want and, you know, and you don't have to hand them a prescription, they just go in there. You authorize that pharmacy <laughs> to access your data. They pull sure. it up. And uh, and maybe even there's there there may even be some granularity to what you allow them to access. You might sure. you know because they don't need to know about your parents' heart condition. Yeah. Yeah. Basically you'd be like, This is the pharmacy, this isn't the doctor. So they get access to whatever prescriptions you have that are current. Yeah, I mean the system could be designed pretty easily uh, to be really, really effective and reduce. But that is a, a great argument for a single payer system, and also and when it's streamlined like that, it's more efficient and oh, cost effective, but it's also more effective. 
You know, like well, you're going to get accurate. better care. Yeah, yeah. you're going to get more accurate, better care. You're going to save time. You're going to save tons of paper and forms. And, and the other thing is, you know, you're not really noticing the amount of time they spend behind the scenes because all those forms you fill out either get scanned into the computer or transcribed manually into the computer. That's all insane. And you're paying for that. Somebody is paying for that, whether you are or someone else. Someone's paying somebody to do that work. So, And there is so much room for improvement in this system. Yeah. It is unbelievable. And, and I guess my position today is the problem really can't be solved in the common sense way that you think it can because of the laws we have and because of the system we have. It's not really the clinic's fault. Uh, but I'm not blaming yeah, no, them. No, I'm just saying, like they just—they're just in a situation where it's almost impossible to do the obvious thing, and and it and it doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, no, I mean that particular clinic can't fix it. That's what I'm saying is yeah. you have to look at the system as a system, a unified, complete. And it's not, it, and that's the point: is it is not a unified system. There's right. nothing about it that's unified or standardized. They right, can't but even if, I, decide. if I'm the guy in charge of fixing healthcare, they, and I say, "Well, we," and you tell me, "Well, we," you're my advisor. Let's say, "Well, you can't do that, Rob, because uh, you know the laws and the, there's a bunch of different systems." Well, then I would say, "Well, if this process is more effective and more cost effective, and you know provides better care for people, and this is the system we want, then let's change." the different systems and change the laws so that we can have it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I mean I'm, all, I'm all about making that happen. I would be the, the front runner in designing that system. There's only one thing I want to add to healthcare, and this is sort of related to some of the stuff we've been hearing in the news lately, um, and that is, uh, uh, okay, first, there's a couple things that you have to factor in here. Um, we've, we had the recent spate of mass shootings and I don't think anybody needs us to go into details about them, but in case you're wondering when this podcast was recorded, it was shortly after the shooting in El Paso and in uh, Dayton, Ohio, which happened 13 hours apart, and it's a it's a catastrophe. It's a it's a what's the word I'm looking for? It's a total failure of our system. But having said that, the um, the thing that I, I read something somewhere that somebody said uh, their opinion was the Second Amendment. Uh, gave Americans the right to have any weapon that was available. There should be no restrictions whatsoever on what they can have. And I'm thinking to myself, that would be cool, because then I could have a 50 caliber machine gun. But then I'm thinking to myself... Or, or a rocket launcher. Right. Well, or no, a, I, or a I, tank. I mean, 50 caliber machine gun, let me tell you, it's really, when you think about home defense, this is the ultimate weapon, because you can literally blow up a car. Uh, anyway, I don't want to get into the... I could have an atom bomb... <laughs> yeah, that's not very targeted, though. I mean, if you're defending your home, you shouldn't I know. blow it up. Hey, you know, right to bear arms, man. I can have whatever right, and I I'm want. and I'm okay with that. That's okay. That I mean, if somebody wants an atom bomb, that's up to them. But what I'm saying is, I want a 50 cal, and 50 cal's are really expensive. I mean, you're talking thousands and thousands of dollars, and then the ammo is like you know dollars per round. So what I'm thinking here, and, and I'm, I'm going to bring this all together in a second, is <laughs> because this is your basic human right. And guns can be so expensive, which puts them out of the reach of the average human, right? I see where you're getting at now. Same argument I make. We're going to combine this with the health care system. Right. Because we get right now with Obamacare, if you're poor, you get a subsidy. 
and they help you pay for your insurance premiums. And that's what I want with the gun thing. If you're poor, you get a subsidy to help you afford the firearm or the weapon. It doesn't have to be a firearm. It could be a rocket launcher, but the weapon of your choice. So we're just sweet, yeah. Anyway, wow. And and I, w- I want a Star Wars missile defense system. Can I get subsidized for that? Yeah, I I think there's going to have to be limits to what the government's going to subsidize. A few billion dollars. But I do think that there are. I mean, you're getting a little carried away here, and you're going to ruin my whole plan. There's got to be limits. No, go ahead. But the thing I'm is sorry. that you know what's a few grand, right? I mean, the cost of health care is astronomical. So the cost of an AK-47, which is like I think around seven hundred and fifty dollars. That's still out of the reach of a lot of people who are struggling to buy milk, right? Right. So right. you're just going to subsidize it so that people can have the weapon that they need to defend themselves. And I, I think if you're going to go there, that's what we should do. We should put it all so together. So they can use the AK-47 to take all the milk they need out of the grocery store without You know, you laugh, it. okay? You make fun. But I'm <laughs> betting that if Beta O'Rourke combined this in with his health care plan, he could get a lot more votes. If you have anything to bring up, now is your chance. This is going to be the anti-science episode. We did no science today. Well, it's, see, now you said that right after you said if I have anything oh, to bring oh, up. Oh, okay. And actually, sorry, the one science. and only thing I have to bring up, well, it's science E. Okay, right? well, there you go. So I wanted, I, I saw this and I wanted to get your opinion, right? Because we talked about, well, we didn't go into depth, but we mentioned that this was being recorded right after the two mass shootings, El Paso and Dayton. And Neil deGrasse Tyson, you're familiar with oh, him, right? Oh, I saw right? that tweet. Yeah, he took a beating Scientist extorted extraordinary. Yeah, but you're a science person. I looked I mean, up you, some of those numbers, by the way. He's, he's right. Actually, he was well, conservative. Okay, so but let's describe it real quick, just so in okay. case anybody hasn't seen the tweet. He tweeted out as a matter of perspective. You know, we, we have a lot of other things that kill more people. Kill way more people, right? Exactly. And so somehow it was was taken though as rather callous or dismissive of the misery that is caused by these. I think it was dismissive because. Well, I agree. I mean, these events might not kill as many people, but they're far more traumatic. I would think. Well, let's let's take let's take Doug's rule of anything and apply it here because Doug's rule of anything says before you do something and decide whether or not it's okay to do it. You need to think about what if everyone did it. So let's just say, for the sake of argument, that you are a someone, a 19-year-old angry child who wants to take a gun out and shoot a bunch of your friends. You have to apply the rule. What if everyone did that? Now, do I really need to explain what would happen if everybody did that? No, I mean, I hope we not. Don't die. I hope somebody has some <laughs> some imagination about what kind of world we would be living in, and that's the question you have to ask yourself: Is do we want to consider this to be acceptable, normal, you know, whatever? This becomes the background noise. We're okay with this because if we're okay with this, this can get really motherfucking bad. Well, it already has. Well, I mean, it has, already, but I'm saying even, even the, the numbers that about, Neil deGrasse Tyson posted would pale by comparison to the number of people who would die if we said every right-wing lunatic who decided that the, that the uh, other, whatever the other is, it doesn't matter, I don't care who you are, you've got an other, right, is somehow fucking up their life, and so they're entitled to go out and kill a bunch of them. Um, if everybody did that, and if even... 1% of the population did that. 
we would all be afraid to leave our homes and not in the Rob sense. Yeah, well, hey, Rob is even getting worse in the Rob sense. Like, I was literally nervous in Walmart the other day. Like, I'm kind of looking around going, you know, kind of taking myself through the mental paces of if somebody starts shooting, uh, I'm going to grab Cindy and Vance and we're going to, you know. Get behind something. Exactly. Get down over here and we're going to make our way to the back and try to sneak out the back. And like, I had this whole plan in my mind. I'm at fucking Walmart. Yeah, you shouldn't have to think like that. I know. We do not live in a third world country and, and we shouldn't. And. You know, you're not going to stop people from being able to take out a handgun and shoot a few people because the number of handguns in the world, there's no way we're ever going to be able to eliminate those. But the assault rifles could be banned. They could be, you know, kind of weeded out and uh, at some point, you know, because right now you can just go legally buy an assault rifle probably easier than you can buy a handgun. There's, you know, there's... Like, like in, I know where I live, you need a permit to buy a handgun. You do not need a permit to buy a rifle. So, But if his numbers were accurate, which I'm not sure they are. Yeah, I checked the, some of them. They were pretty much, yeah. Okay, uh, but so does the science sway you at all? Like, I no, mean, it, no, and, it, no. does your science mind says, wow, we really need to focus on people dying of the flu and quit making so but much of this But that's my point, is stuff. we are focusing <laughs> on people dying of the flu. And oh, by the way, that's the perfect one to pick on because nobody really, well, I shouldn't say nobody dies of the flu. Very few people actually die of the flu. The flu is a contributing factor to their death. In other words, they were already sick. They already like weakened immune system, old, whatever, and the flu is what pushed them over the edge. Uh, and I don't mean to make light of it, like it still caused them to die, but these are people who were dying, right? And they died. And we did everything in our power to stop them from dying. You know, the medical system, as much as we well, pick on it... maybe, <laughs> yeah. We No, but the people in the medical field, I'm not talking about the, the insurance companies or the money involved, whatever. If you go into the hospital and you're dying, they're going to do everything they can to save you. Notwithstanding right, the bill... Right, right. You may get a a $75,000 bill for it, but the point is they will try to save you. And to say that we should just yawn when someone shoots somebody is disingenuous because just because other people are dying and other things does not mean we're not trying to solve that problem. We're not trying to solve the gun problem. We won't touch it with a 10-foot pole. We've actually defunded any research that the CDC might do in regards to gun death, because it's the NRA has managed to push through basically anti-science laws that prevent us from even studying the problem with federal money. So, I mean, we've gone completely 180 in the opposite direction. It's not like, oh, gee, we, you know, we're, we're ignoring all these other things, so we might as well ignore this too. No, we're trying to solve those other problems, and we're ignoring this one. That's the real bottom line. But I think that's kind of what Neil was saying in the end he was just throwing these, i think it was really i think it was really bad judgment on his part to just throw these numbers out there as if to say oh we shouldn't really be that worried about this yeah i think it just came across very callous and and dismissive and and my thought was it reminded me of an argument and uh, you hear them all the time and i'll just use politics because it happens in politics too where somebody will say you know Trump, blah, 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 blah. And then the response would be, well, Obama, da, 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 da. So if Obama did it, then you can't say anything about Trump. And it's, 
and it's like be quiet about your gun problems because you know 500,000 people die of the flu every year or whatever but we should be concerned about every single one of those things on that list none of them are good you know yeah it's kind of like the guy you pull over who's driving drunk and he says to you why are you pulling me over that other guy's on LSD you know exactly yeah and 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 that's a problem too they all are problems that need addressed it doesn't mean like you go like eh, yeah it's only only 34 people every right month or whatever yeah, we're not ignoring the guy in lsd we just didn't happen to catch him today we caught you so sorry no yeah i think the whole thing people come up with these arguments that are they're essentially either straw man arguments or they're just diversionary tactics, right? They're just trying to get you to look away. Hey, look over there, you know? <laughs> right. And, 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 and to be fair, most of the time, we're getting so used to these types of shootings that it only takes a couple of weeks and they're out of the news. We've already forgotten that, about that, that actually might play to our benefit eventually because I think half the reason that this stuff keeps going is because of the alarm and distress it causes when it becomes more normal as sad as that would be it may not get the explosion of news coverage that it used to yeah there is a factor there but you know if you get and hopefully that would if you look at what these people do on the internet they you know they create their groups and they praise each other and they challenge each other you know hey this guy got the highest death count can you beat it so it's, I don't know that it really matters what the media is saying. That's sick. It is sick, but it's going on. That's why they shut down 8chan briefly, but they really can't shut it down, not completely. And if they did, it would pop up somewhere else. As long as you've got a group of people that are just determined that, essentially the, the effect they're, they're terrified of is they think that they're being replaced, that they're... Their supremacy is being watered down as more people come in and they become, you know, less of a majority or less in control. And it is. Right. And it's totally okay with me, but it's not okay with them. They're, uh, what's the Psychopaths. Well, I don't think that we really have a democracy, but that is the narrative or the simplistic idea of what we have as a democracy. And I remember the phrase always... Democracy. Two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for dinner. Well, yeah, but that's why you have a constitutional democracy. I understand that, but what? That's why you have courts and although. I know, but those are nuances that are lost probably on people that are currently in the majority and afraid that they're, you know, like if you're a wolf right now. Oh, absolutely. But you're afraid you're going to end up a sheep next week. You're going to be killing some sheep to maintain your wolfedness. It doesn't take a statistician to look at Senate, you know, the Senate of the United States, and realize that white men are in charge. I mean, sure. it's, not, it's not even a question of how many white men are there versus others, right? It's who is in charge. There is no freaking question or shouldn't be any question in anybody's mind who's running this country. And they're terrified that when someone else is running it, they're going to treat white men as bad as white men have treated other people. Right. Or that they just wouldn't be in power. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they would lose power and they would also lose status and they would potentially be persecuted, which actually, to be honest with you, I think would be totally fair. But that's beside the point. I'm sure someone will, will like 
bristle at that. No, it's well, not. I would bristle a little bit. Well, I'm yeah, a white reverse man. discrimination I don't is be, still discrimination. But I, I don't want to be persecuted because other white men idiots did stupid shit, and that's an argument that you and I have had before. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But we're part of that group, and I know. It just, but I still don't like the tribalism part of it. I don't belong to that tribe. I had no choice in being born white. But they or could male. be specific about which white people they persecute. I mean, when you're looking at a Mitch McConnell and all the things well, that's he's fine. done. And, and some of the people that have been put on the Supreme Court and the things that they plan on doing. Um, sure, if they're going to be individually accountable for the things that they did. That, and that, that's kind of where I was going with that. I mean, I think, in a way, I think they should be held accountable. If, if somebody else, I mean, let's just use the Four Horsemen as our example. So we get these... Of the apocalypse? No, the, <laughs> the, the four... Oh, you mean the... the four young the, ladies we just elected the senators. to our, to yeah, our House of Representatives. Yeah, something else. Yeah, um, yeah, they call them something else, but the squad. That's yeah, it. well, they call the them the squad, squad and, the, and then the billboard in in Cherokee um, was the four. They crossed off horsemen and put something else, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. The point okay. is, those four are essentially the other getting power, and it terrifies the ones in power that they're going to hold these people accountable for their actions. I mean, right. they they can't yet, but. When the tables turn far enough, they will. They will. But see, even I'm a white man, but I'm cheering them on because I'm not in power. (laughs) Right? No, no, we're not doing this stuff. I mean, you know, I guess if you're the person who's voted for these people time after time after time, then you are, you know, potentially somewhat responsible. But they're not going after the voters. They're going after the people that are doing this shit. And the Mitch McConnells of the world have a lot to be afraid of because. Mitch McConnell's not even doesn't bother him to be a hypocrite. It, he laughs when people point out his hypocrisy because he's like, "Hey, I I can do what I want. I have control. Fuck you. When you get control, you do what you want. Right now, I'm in control, and I'm going to do what I want. And the fact that I'm a hypocrite, the fact that I I do things for my party that I don't do for the other party, and I claim, you know, I'm just trying to represent the voters here, doesn't matter because I win." And as long as I win and you lose, fuck you. Well, when the tables are turned, it's going to be like, well, Mitch, do you remember what you said about when you... <laughs> right. Those who live by the sword die by the exactly. sword. Exactly. And I hope that happens. But believe me, they are terrified of the day that it happens. And they see it coming. They're not stupid. And that's one of the reasons why you're wacko white supremacists, and I'm not including Mitch McConnell in that. He's, he believes in you know doing things the legal way. But the wackos, I mean, you've always got a range of people, right? You've got people that are seeing these things happening and these arguments, and they're, they're, they've got the same fear that Mitch has. And they're like, fuck it, I'm going to pick up a gun and I'm going to take these motherfuckers out. And this is the kind of people we need to be worried about. And there's too many of them. So it scares me. It does. I think we need to shut this down, you know. But one thing we have to shut down is this podcast. All right, audience, just remember if you enjoy this podcast to click the like button, the thumbs up thing, the whatever it is you have to click. I have no idea what you. Oh, have to you know click. what? What? I actually thought of something for this part because we always say like and subscribe. And well, whatever. I always forget and I, to say it. But yeah. Well, sometimes we say it, but I don't really know what devices people are watching on, whether they can really do that. I don't know if you can... So they should send us a telegram. Send us a telegram and let us know you like this podcast. Actually, what they can send us is an email, because I keep forgetting, but we do have 
an email account, lifeishardpodcast at gmail.com. Don't we have like info at lifeishardpodcast.com? Life we might. Hard. We should Put have at one least there one too. email address at lifeishardpodcast.com. We probably do. Yeah. But it could be worse. Life is hard. 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 But it could be worse.